I'm Daniel. And I'm Robert. And, and this, this is Grizzly Kiki. Today's show is brought to you by Casper.com. Casper is an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. And they're revolutionizing the mattress industry by cutting the cost of dealing with resellers and showrooms and passing that savings directly to the consumer. Casper gives you an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Latex and memory foam come together for a life well slept. Try sleeping on a Casper for 100 days with free shipping and painless returns. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting caspertrial.com slash kiki and using promo code 50sleep. That's promo code 50sleep. Terms and conditions apply. I always change the... Like, I'll be like, and this is Grizzly Kiki. And you're like, and this is Grizzly Kiki. It's only the second time. I know. Um, what's going on with you? Um, I don't know. What, what, what is going on with me? Um, what, what is go- do what we is need to going? Do we need to talk to someone? No, no I'm <laughs> I just forgot to take my medicine when I woke up this morning. And so I'm taking it a few hours later. And it's like kicking in slowly. Um, I forgot to set the alarm. Don't forget to set the alarm. Okay, go ahead. are we baking Sorry. a pie? No. We're, oh, we're recording a podcast. Oh, is that what we're doing? No. Um, I don't know. Just kind of like same old, same old. I guess in general, other than it being our anniversary this week. Yeah, it was. Yeah, like our actual anniversary, our wedding anniversary. Yes, the wedding, because we celebrate more than one anniversary. Mm-hmm. We're like that kind of couple. No, we don't. Not anymore. Yeah, we do. Ah. Uh-uh. Okay. In my Wait, mind. Do we? So I I guess okay. we do. We do. We absolutely do. In like small ways though. Like but I feel like every anniversary with us is like a small thing. Yeah. Cuz we didn't not... really do other than you bringing me flowers. Yeah. Um <laughs> we didn't really do a lot for our anniversary. We just like we made a special dinner. Mm-hmm. I made a keto cheesecake. It was really good. Yeah. Um so we like we don't go out or no, anything. No. But we like disconnected. Yeah. Like on Friday, which is not, you know, like we watched a whole movie. Like it wasn't, you know, it was like chill. No chores were done. Like it wasn't like an evening where we were like, you know. Yeah, but where I feel like there are cup, like my parents, for example, my mm-hmm. parents will plan a cruise around their wedding anniversary. And I'm talking like year 36. Mm-hmm. Like it's not a milestone. Yeah. I mean, I guess after 25 every year's a milestone <laughs> although this although wow. this anniversary to me felt like a milestone because the number seven is like wow we've been married for seven it's years crazy right it's it's only wild in the sense that like you and i met and we got serious very quickly and i feel like a lot of the people, I don't know how it was on your end, because I don't remember the people in your life being like, "Woo, it's moving too fast. Yes. <laughs> they were? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So we were getting the same messages on yeah. both ends. And I was that, kind like, of we like, moving okay, too fast. but like, can't we, can't like, moving too fast, like ever, I mean, not to be, I guess, like, whatever, I don't know what you call it, but like, um, 
negative on the on the heels of our our seventh wedding anniversary, but it's like everything's undoable. Yeah, like that. Like I mean, I, like we have not been through it, obviously, because if we did, we would not be celebrating our seventh wedding anniversary. But the way I see it, it's like, well, why don't I just do this until I don't like it anymore? Mm. No. Okay. So to me, you saying that is like when the doctors tell men that their vasectomy is reversible. Um, well, follow no, me. I mean, <laughs> follow me. Um, because like, sounds cute, you know, nice lunch appointment, whatever. Yeah, of course. Um, but then like, let's say that at some point you're like, mm, let's go, and, let's go and get these, uh, you know, let's go and get these vast deference reconnected. Um, you don't reconnect your vast deference. You isn't, don't they get cut? And then like, no, your vast deference is like your, your dick. The, it's the connection of your vast deference your, to your scrotum uh, or whatever vesic- it is. Vesicles. The seminal vesicles. Yeah. Yeah, which are part How of. How did we get to this? The because you don't, vesi- you don't ever the follow seminal me. Seminal vesicles are part of your. Follow me. I am testicles. Google Maps. Follow me. Okay, go ahead. I'm following you. There is a there is a <laughs> connection that is un that is like severed mm-hmm. when when a vasectomy happens. I I know what I'm talking about. Don't do this to me. Um, <laughs> there is a connection that is severed when you're when a vasectomy happens, <laughs> and so. To me saying, I'm just going to get married until I'm tired of it. And then like us going and getting a divorce is like, let's let's take the drive through option. Like, no, that's That's not how any of this works. I meant in the beginning. (laughs) Okay. Okay. But to my point. In the beginning of what? Because we got engaged seven no, months into dating. I'd say like when we got serious and shit and, and, you know, shortly after meeting and people were like, oh, you like you should like date more people. And it's like, but like, it, OK, so it's more like, why can't I just focus on this and enjoy this and like put work into this until because like I feel like I'm, the reaction know, was not to that. The reaction was to the fact that we were now engaged to well, be married yeah, that too. But I don't that's know. where my I, like, like my sister who got married young mm-hmm. and I totally understood her perspective on it. She was like, uh, please have a long engagement, which we didn't. But it oh, I didn't get out. I didn't get anything uh, like when we got engaged or anything. It was like because like I get it. Know, my in the very, very beginning. My sister. I th- I mean, she's had a lot of stories of it. She clearly loves her husband because they're still together to this day. They've been together for like 20 something years. And um, but when I told her that Daniel and I were engaged, she was like, please have a very long engagement because, you know, she's somewhat traumatized. Mm -hmm. My sister was 19 when she got married. And it seems to me and I hope I'm not like, you know, saying things that I'm not supposed to be saying. But basically, like her and my dad didn't have the best relationship. And that was the easiest way for her to get out of the house. So she, I mean, that's how a lot of people approach it. Just, it. it happened to be that, like, this man that she fell in love, or this boy that she fell in love with when she was 19, is, like, you know, a man that she's still in love with mm-hmm. now that she's, you know, older. Yeah. Um. So I I just, like, I understood her perspective, but I was like, I, I, I understand what you're trying to tell me, but, like, I'm not you. I'm in my, like, late 20s. I mm-hmm. understand what's happening yeah. here. Like... Yeah. <laughs> well, that was that was a journey. It was a journey, wasn't um, it? But yeah, it was. I mean, again, it's like it's seven years, which is like, oh my god, because it doesn't feel like it. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't. It's like weird. Every year that passes, I'm like, wow, that was seven years. We've, we've, 
spent mm-hmm. seven years together. It's the same when I find out how long I've been at my job mm-hmm. and, you know, all of other stuff. I also feel like, I don't know, but this year, like, especially since we started, like, changing our diet and all that, like, it's the first time since we've been together that we've started to decrease in size. Like, we're going in the opposite direction weight-wise. True. Do you know? I don't know if that's a correlation, but I like that it's now, like, it's like kind of like Benjamin buttoning yeah. our weight. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's more to, um, it's more to remain active Mm -hmm. and it's really cool. So something that I paid really close, not really close attention to, but I found it really interesting because this was not the way I grew up. Um, your future stepmother came over for a, um, for a fitting. Yes. And she was talking about how her mom, who is in her Mm eighties. Yeah. Okay. Her mother, who's in her eighties is still, uh, like living a very active life. Mm-hmm. She makes sure that she gets out of the house and she goes for a walk and yep. all this stuff. And she was concerned because they had, you know, they they went like, I guess like one or two or three like avenues over mm-hmm. from where they lived and the walk home was going to be a little bit more strenuous um, than she had anticipated. And so she was nervous about her mom doing it. Um, and so, but she mentioned the fact that like her mother is very active and Mm -hmm. is is, like consciously being active. Yeah. That's not something I saw growing up. Mm -hmm. All of the older people were slow moving. They went from car to chair in house Mm -hmm. to chair in house to car. Like they were not, you know, they weren't walking, they weren't really walking places. Mm -hmm. So that's my motivation behind all of this is that like you and I are able to, go for a walk mm-hmm. even though we don't um you were never able don't tell them that. to go for a walk yeah when we're older even we're, though we we're might saving not it up to. for all those walks later yeah 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 although i distinctly remember <clears throat> every night growing up after dinner my grandfather and i would go for a walk see like a mile like we go from 103rd street where uh, 102nd where my grandparents lived to like 86th street and back just like you know to like take a walk yeah. I mean, when it was nice outside, obviously not during inclement weather, but it was and just it nice. probably kept him very agile. Yeah. And mm-hmm. yeah, that's what's yeah. important to me is like, I didn't care about my life for a very long time. And now I do. Like, that's mm-hmm. basically what we're what we're dealing with. Here, I think it's when you start to feel the weight of aging. I mean, and, and aging, it's kind of even silly to say it, considering that we're only 34. But it's like. Even though I'm like thinner and healthier than I was four years ago, right? Yeah. There are just things I feel now that I did not feel before. And I know that they don't have to do with weight or, you know, necessarily things like that. It's just you you age and things start to hurt and like a lot of the like hereditary things that might be in your family start to pop up in your 30s, I feel like. And it's like, whew, yeah. Yeah. Um yeah. I mean, I don't feel much of that. I've been very lucky my whole life that like the worst the worst part of it for me has been like minor back pain mm. that I started I started seeing a chiropractor and it kind of went away mm-hmm. basically. I would, I would just trade my soul for minor back pain. Yeah. Like just yeah. The kind that like you just do a couple of neck uh, neck bends and you're good. God, like, I would love that. Yeah. Yeah. Um I know we were supposed to talk about this later in the episode, but I kind of wanted, it felt appropriate to do it now. Um, I think like we, we've been talking about going to see a chiropractor and, and I, it, it made me think of how I recently went to the doctor and got mm-hmm. blood work done to test. Um, because I, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very 
sure that I'm a hypochondriac. I don't know if there's a test you have to take, but I'm convinced. I have to say every week you're dying of something. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And 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 I am officially one of those old people who can't have caffeine past a certain hour. That was a new one. Yeah. Because I full on had a panic attack in the shower because I had coffee later in the day Mm -hmm. than I should have. So. Um, so beware of that because it hits you and it hits you hard. Oh, I, I don't so. want I don't want that ever to hit me. I love having coffee after dinner. So do I. I miss it. It was mm. like my um, it was like my, my dessert mm-hmm. that was like completely you know like guilt free basically. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I went to the doctor and I had uh, I I follow a couple of YouTubers. Uh, one in particular is um, Aaron from I High Fat High Fun. And he talked a lot about um, about how when he got his blood work done after doing keto for a couple months, he noticed that his like in other areas, things were like great. Everything had like went from being like, you know, in the bad uh, parameters or whatever to being in like the the standard area, um, except for his cholesterol, which similar thing with my test results and i just i find it really interesting and i don't know if anyone else is um concerned about their uh their cholesterol like some of their cholesterol levels because like there were different uh there were like different tests Mm -hmm. that were like the lipid tests there are like different elements to it and there was definitely like one or two areas where things were in the normal range um, and one of them had decreased from the last time I had had blood work done. But there was another one that was high the last time I had mm-hmm. blood work done. And it was even higher this time. Oh. Um, but the one that was like concerning to me was my glucose level. Whereas a year ago, I was pre-diabetic. I am now in like the normal range, mm-hmm. like the completely normal range, which is like yeah. so exciting. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so um, I just I think it's important to monitor all of that stuff. And as a person who does not like going to the doctor, I hate it. You do? I fucking hate it. Um, and I left the doctor when I went last week with not one but two referrals. <laughs> so I have to go to two other doctors now. Um, go to the doctor. Like it's important. Mm-hmm. We need to start seeing a chiropractor. And I think like that's that has to be part of our self-care just as much as going to, you know, like I have, um, I have persistent post-nasal drip. And so one of the recommendations was to go see an ear, nose and throat doctor. And I don't want to go. I just don't want to go. You don't want them to stick all the tubes up your nose and stuff. But like I have been abusing Afrin for far too long. And I, this morning I got a blood nose, a blood nose. What am I doing? Where are we? Do you smell toast? Um, I got a bloody nose when I used the Afrin this morning. And I was like, really? Like, I woke up this morning and I had cramps in my legs. I had to use the bathroom and I could not breathe. So I was like, let's, let's fix all of these all at once. And then I came back to bed and I went to lay down and it just felt like, like there was a river coming out of my, and I was like, what's happening? What is this? Who, whoever has their hands on my voodoo doll, put it down. Um, and, Sorry. and yeah, I changed my workout plan, but like, we don't really need to talk about that. Do no. we? I was seeing a personal trainer a million years ago. We had done like a trade where I helped her with her website and, uh, and her blog and she trained me and it was supposed to be, um, I want to say it was supposed to be like promotional for the gym that she worked for, but she was working for like a big gym. I don't want to say the name, mm-hmm. but like she was working for like a big ritzy gym. One of those gym. fancy schmancy ones. Oh, fancy schmancy gyms. I mean, I will 
very happily shout out the celebrities that I saw in the locker room. Um, one of them, well, I didn't see him in the locker room, although I was like, how do I time my workout so that I do see him in the locker room? I love when you called me after leaving said fancy schmancy place and you were like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not going to say names. No, no, no. I am going to say names, but hold on. I'm not there yet. So Sean William Scott, who everyone knows better as Stifler, um, I saw him working out and I remember, uh, my friend who was training me was like, don't look right now, but Stifler is like right over there. (laughs) Um, and I was like, okay. And I was like, look into my eyes. How do we plan this so that we're in, he and I are in the locker room at the same time. She knew what, what time it was. Um, and then the second celebrity I saw, who I didn't know I wanted to see naked, um, was, um, it's Jim Belushi that's still alive. Mm-hmm. Yes. Biggest balls I've ever seen in my life. Like the goldenest of globes. And I called Daniel after it happened. I called him because like I was in, walking to the train the on the street. And I was like, <laughs> I just saw Jim Belushi's balls and they're so big. Oh my God. They're so big. <laughs> it was the kind where like he bent over and it looked like, um, like, you know, those, those door knockers that they have on fancy, like on, on fancy houses. Huh. They were, they were weighty. They were, very I pictured, weighty. you know, those brass balls that they sell for like the backs of trucks and shit that's that that the mm-hmm. uh, truck nuts that's what they're called truck are they they're really called, called truck, truck nuts? nuts yep they oh, sure that are it sounds so cute they were very i mean how did that man fit them in his trousers they were I like no big idea. benoit balls they were huge they were they were huge they were the kind that like oh wow they're like these are these are works of art sir um it, it was, was also to bear it was also very funny because one of the um, one of the custodial staff recognized him and was like trying to ask for uh, an autograph. And he was trying to be nice about it. He was like, I don't want to give you an autograph and I'm pretty sure you're not supposed to be doing this. So like maybe we should end this conversation. And the guy like kind of kept going. And I was just like, oh, I was like watching it happen. Like, oh, dude, you're going to get fired today. Were like, his balls like put away by that point? No, he was fully naked. Oh, my God. Fully naked. I had assumed that, okay, if you're like, I had assumed that if you're a celebrity and you go to a regular ass gym, like the one I was going to, um, that you wouldn't um, get you, naked. You in wouldn't the get room. fully naked in the locker room. Like bring a robe or something. You like, just wanted I don't, to be a regular girl. Yeah. I mean, there were, I mean, I have to say that Jim had some of the be- most beautiful. I remember there was a man who had, he had it his, his entire body tattooed. And there was just like, it was like the, these beautiful, like flowers of some kind that like perfectly framed his ass. And it was just like oh, I a love beautiful those. ass. And I remember I just, it was one of those things where like I turned and there it was. There was, was the like, garden. Oh my God. It was beautiful. I mean, it was absolutely beautiful. The full moon. Yeah. Um, but let's move on from that. <laughs> so my friend who trained me, she wrote down the whole workout and that's what I've been doing. I decided I'm going to start lifting weights because I think I've gotten to a place in terms of my weight where I should start lifting weights to tone. Moving on. What do you got? <laughs> I'm so tired after those two scenic routes you took us on. Um, yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, speaking of Benoit balls, I had so much fun last night at Miss Jade's, uh, birthday party at Thoughts and Prayers at Mm Macri Park. It was fun. Yeah. It also made me realize I feel really old. Yeah? Yeah. Because of the clientele? No, just like, I need my space. Mm. I like, it was great. And, And Jade, of course, turned the party. It was wonderful. We hadn't seen her perform in a while. Um, and we also happened like 
her birthday is the same day as our wedding anniversary, or rather, our wedding anniversary is the same day as her birthday. She likes yeah. to remind us. Um, so, like, we can't not do something for Jade's birthday or like participate in what she has going on. Um, <clears throat> that makes it sound like we would use the excuse of our anniversary to not celebrate her. Of course, we would celebrate her birthday. I, but other people, <laughs> but some people wouldn't who aren't, you know, good friends. Technically, we did not celebrate on her birthday. We celebrated the next day. But but we did something fine. for her birthday. We had the opportunity exactly. to do that. Yeah. But it was just a lot of fun. Um, it was packed, you know. Tips were flying. It was very nice. Um, Mac- Macri is a as an intimate venue. It's very, very intimate. intimate. Um, no, it just made me realize that like after like one forty five, it's like oh, bed's calling. Yeah, I'm yeah. not gonna lie. After the first set, I was like, we're going home after this, right? And then when that didn't happen, and you were like, woo, party time! <laughs> I was like, I guess we're staying out until two. I guess that's okay. Because, like, you know, I didn't want to, like, stay for the first set and, like, go home. Like, I put on pants. That's true. We all put put on on pants. Yeah, but I especially put on pants for that evening. You especially. Yeah, just, I put on special pants. Did you, did you film it while you're putting on pants? No. You said I especially, like, you. Yeah, because, like, it's a big deal for me to put on pants on the weekend. You were like, check me out, putting on pants. Live on Periscope. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Periscope. Beyond in five minutes. Um, yeah. I mean, it was fun. It was great. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love seeing Jade perform. I am always, uh, uh, whatever. I'm always impressed by the amount of energy that she has. I had not seen her twerk in a headstand in probably since our second date. Actually, yes, and I think I I always make the joke that when um when I make hair for Jade because she wore a wig that I styled. For oh, her Peggy. Last night. Um, yeah, Peggy is um Peggy's on some some of her last legs. Um, she looks like she's she, had fun. She wore <laughs> she wore hair that I styled for her yesterday, and it's she's had some she's had quite the transformation since I like handed her into her. Um, but um, I always make the joke that like, ooh, girl, I made you another statue. And it's like, why do I keep making her sculpted hair when she is going to dance in it and it needs to move mm-hmm. and I can never make anything other than a sculpture, mm-hmm. like an absolute, like hairsprayed to death it's a bumper. sculpture. Although this, um, this crimped girl that I have here, Ooh, who's just been she like, should be fun. she's been waiting for someone to ask her to dance for mm-hmm. a very long time. Um, I think Jade would do great. Oh, absolutely. I, every time she comes over, I'm like hey try this one on she's like no 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 i never look good in a wig if i'm not in drag and i'm just like okay so and you love to put me in wigs when i have my beard and i look like a like a chimpanzee a little bit yeah tiny bit yeah um let's um oh we didn't say okay so last week we were gonna thank the listeners for everyone who reached out after we announced that we were going to end our drag race recaps we just wanted to say thank you to everyone um, your support and your um, your Feedback. messages and your messages of support means so much to us, mm-hmm. and um, we're excited that you're all on you're all on board for the future of this podcast. And we hope that we can bring you some cool shit. Mm-hmm. If you have any suggestions, yeah, let us know. I mean, and it has been it's a little more work, obviously, because we weren't we weren't always doing drag race recaps. If you've been listening for a while, but we kind of I guess in a way they became a crutch like relying on them because we were a bit busy but now like being able to focus on other stuff it's um it's more fun 
we started I out, think. our first episode was a drag race recap. Mm-hmm. And then we also tried to recap, I want to say it was the oh God, Real one Housewives, of the Housewives Jesus of Atlanta, maybe. It Although, no, it, it was, was New York, York. And I hated doing it. Because we, we, got, we fell out of love with it real mm-hmm. quick. Because, you know, New York is a little boring. Um, if it had been Atlanta, Ooh. maybe we would, ha- we would have been at a Housewives recap show I think instead. Atlanta's my favorite. Atlanta's great. Just because, like, mm, just because so it's good. It's actually so, really good. It is really good. <laughs> it's good TV. It they don't make me as frustrated as like mm. you know. What was the season that when Tony Soto started watching The Housewives? What uh, franchise? What was it? Atlanta that he started with, or was I, it New York? I think it was Atlanta because I well, I don't know. Probably. I think it was New York because you know, we he were loved like the rich white lady, right? So and then he watched it from the beginning, B- right? No, what I'm yeah. saying is like I think he started with New York, and everyone was like, "After you're done Atlanta. with New York, move on to Atlanta." And he's mm-hmm. like, "I will not be doing that." And then I think, um, I think, uh, how, shout out to Juan Chavez who I think made him watch an episode, and then he was hooked. Yeah, I think so, that's what happened. I mean, Atlanta, Atlanta is, is like great, amazing. Um, um, yes. And, um, you know, speaking of good friends, just wanted to give a quick shout out to All Right Mary. Yeah. Um, Johnny and I have been texting, you know, like texts of support. And it just means. Oh, yeah. It means something to me. Why? Oh, yeah. What do you. Why are you trying to make this a thing that it isn't? <laughs> Gross. Oh, yeah. It's just it's nice to have. <laughs> it's nice to have support uh, from, you know, from like a fellow mm-hmm. podcaster. Obviously, you know, Johnny and I, we're not the only ones who like are supporting each other. Mm-hmm. You know, we also have like. Favi from Latinos Who Lunch oh. and um, and Vicky and Ari from The Shade Parade and Tony Soto. Like we have mm-hmm. all of these other um, podcast supporters, but like it almost it's it's weird. It's like Johnny can tell when like when I need a boost. The spidey sense. Yeah, it's really weird also, how it a happens. A lot of the things that that we were going through in terms of what we wanted to do with the show there was mirrored in certain ways. A little bit. And is being mirrored. A little so, bit. I don't want to talk about it too much because yeah. I don't know how much they're. No, no, no I'm not talking about their, their actions. I just mean it. You know, we could relate. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's nice to have that. Yeah. Um. So shout out to them. Um. And um. We're gonna take a break. Yeah. So stick around. We'll be right back. Oh, hi, it's me, Robert. And I have a question. Do you shop on Amazon? If so, you can be a supporter of our show. Just go to grizzlykiki.com and click the Amazon button in our menu. Anytime you shop on Amazon using our link, we'll get a small commission on everything you buy. And it's free. There's no cost to you as the money comes out of Amazon's pocket, not yours. So bookmark it, use it, and every time you buy from Amazon, you'll be helping us keep the kiki going. Before we get into this next segment, we completely forgot to mention um, we're about to completely spoil the Netflix show special because we're going to review it. And we forgot to warn everybody that this that's what's going to happen. Um, so if you have not seen the Netflix show special, uh, go watch it. But, you know. We're about to spoil it. So if you have not seen it and you don't want it spoiled for you, you can skip ahead to the next segment. We're back. And I think I want to get a tattoo on my wrist. Um, Hey, you don't want to like a a bushel of roses on your ass? Oh, if I had the ass for it. Oh, my God. Or like an asshole tattoo. Nope. Um, Have you ever seen those? I have. Have I? Not in person. 
I mean, me like me neither. Only photographed. I just wonder how that works. <laughs> if anybody has an asshole tattoo out there, don't send a photo. We're good. What? I just, just want to know. Are you kidding me? No, I just want to know. Because, like, I don't understand the mechanics behind it. Like, do they put one of those dental things in your ass to, like, keep it open so they can tattoo it? Anyway. First of all, I want to point out that you have turned the wheel on this car. I know. We I have, don't know we what have happened. We've taken an off-road. I don't know what happened. And I don't, and I don't like where it's going. No. No. Um, I just want to say, if you have an asshole tattoo and you want to share it with us, feel free. Do not listen to Daniel. He's hateful. I am not hateful. Um, the other thing is, yeah, if you have an asshole tattoo, share it. Um, <laughs> And the experience. I want to know. Oh, yeah. It, like, does it hurt? Like, you know, obviously it hurts. Um, but um, like that's, not what, that's not what we <laughs> came here to do, Daniel. What do we come here to do, Robert? Um, we watched the Netflix series special. Mm-hmm. And we thought it would be, you know, after watching it, we were like, we want to review this mm-hmm. on the podcast. Uh, so would you like to add something? Yeah. I mean... So a very different experience watching it a second time um, because, it, well, what, what I like about the show is that it's um, it's tackling something that I think is not like <clears throat> it. Do we want to say what the show's about? And then. Yes, because that would be yeah. a lot easier. But yeah. Right. So basically the um, the, the series, which is kind of like uh, it, it's uh, it, it's about this guy named Ryan who um, has cerebral palsy, grew up with it, and basically starts interning at, I guess, what seems to be like a BuzzFeed-style site or something like that. Yeah, it's called Eggwoke. Well, hold on, because I, I took these lovely little notes Oh, you did for take you, notes. And I, and I wrote out descriptions of things and stuff. So, oh, wow. you know. Well, I would... I just I want to go in order. Oh, okay. Because like so, that comes up later. <laughs> yeah. So basically, he like goes through a bunch of events in the show that like lead him to obtain the life that he wants or thought that he wanted. You know, at a certain point. Well, um, it in a way it takes his life from being all where like I I it, I sort of get the get the sense that his cerebral palsy was sort of like the main focus of his life but mm-hmm. because he um because he has a mild case he feels as he says to his mother i think in the first episode he says everyone treats my cerebral palsy like it's the main course when really it's more of a side dish mm-hmm. and and so i think that like it affected the way he was you know he was like engaging with other people so um yeah he also, in the first episode, compares having a mild case of cerebral palsy to being biracial, which is a perfect example of the the level of like problematic uh, discourse that happens. Yeah, it, in this it's show. A, I mean, so the and also it's, it's 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 weird to talk about because like I I I enjoyed it, but there are some things where I'm. I'm not sure how, like, if they were used as a device, per se, inst- or or if it was just, like, reckless writing, if that makes any sense. I think that this is all, I believe that this all happened the way it did, because I feel like it's very real to have someone who doesn't really pay attention to what they're saying. Mm. I feel like that is real life right there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I, I think we should also add the show is based on a memoir that was written by the the lead actor in the yeah. show. Um, and he's also the he is also a writer and a producer on mm-hmm. the show. Um, so I I don't think any of this was like sugar coated or, no. or or changed or like or mm-hmm. uh, made more like theatrical or whatever you want to call it. Um, so there's that. It's just as cringy as real life. Exactly, which is which is I think what what made it a little uncomfortable to watch at times. Yeah, because you are around people, um, you know, like um, like the boss in the um, at Eggwoke. at Eggwoke, Olivia, who just says like awful things. She has no regard for anyone's no, feelings no. or anything like like you know very. Um, I don't know. It's like, is this the type of like, is this the flavor of the type of people who are running Jezebel and Refinery29 and BuzzFeed? Like, is that what we're... I mean, if it's based you know. on a memoir, I mean, I'm sure that there has to be some, like, artistic license that was taken both in the book and in the show with regard, you know, regarding how this um, person is portrayed. But I feel like it's a very, um, like, Devil Wears Prada, Horrible Bosses type, you know, where what we're seeing in this in this show. And I should also point out that they're, they're like, the whole eight episodes are like less than two hours long combined because it, it, it has the format of a web series, but the look right. of like a 30 minute sitcom because yeah. it's very well produced and shot and all of that. But it, it's, um, I, I think the shortness of the, of the episodes kind of hurt it a little bit because everything's so condensed, you hmm. know? And so, and that was for me, I was just like, I, I wanted um more because I feel like I came away from it being like, did I, like like that as much as i thought i did like i i feel like there's a lot missing and i mean there has to be because there's so much more to his story right that's not covered um well i'm hoping for a second season yeah so maybe it was just you know like a trial run or something i didn't notice how short the episodes were because i feel like they packed a lot in Mm -hmm. i noticed it more the second time we watched yeah definitely so but we're talking about a difference of about seven minutes Mm -hmm. so if you added seven minutes to each episode it would have the same length as uh you know like an abc uh abc sitcom Mm -hmm. um so yeah um well one of the important plot points is that so he gets this internship at um at a blog called egg woke and he decides to lie and blame his like his limp and his dexterity Mm -hmm. issues on uh, a car accident that he did have three months prior yeah and so everyone is just like it's it's almost like he's living stealth at Mm -hmm. this internship and and he's trying to not address his cerebral palsy what what was interesting was that he was almost and i and i might be like speaking out of term but it was interesting how he was willing to take pity i guess from people because he because they thought he'd had an accident as opposed to but the accident was real no no i know but i'm saying like that's not what caused all of his dexterity issues and coordination you know issues and things like that like i i still don't understand like i mean and and what was sorry what was interesting was you know when we get to the end of it it's like it it their reactions to his uh his his real condition as opposed to the accident that really didn't impact him in any big way was very interesting yeah it's almost it's almost like that's part of the it's part of the journey of him Mm -hmm. accepting himself as a person who has cerebral palsy um but um i don't think he was 
like gladly accepting pity. I think no, the whole. No, I didn't whole, say gladly. Well, you said he was accepting pity well, when because, people thought he because like when he was you know talking about it and he's like, well, I had a car accident, and then you know he lies not only to I mean he lies to his coworkers about why he you know has the issues that he has. He also lies to his mom and tells her that he's writing an article about his CP. Right. For this, you know, for this blog, but he's writing an, an article about the hardships caused by this car accident, but they're the hardships that were actually caused by his cerebral palsy. And somehow, I guess, you know, be- because like you were saying earlier, you know, like cerebral palsy had always been like the main course for people, as opposed to just kind of being another facet of his his life. Right. You know, it almost seemed like it was easier for him to accept the compassion that people were giving him. Because they were giving it to him because they thought that it was all because of an accident, mm. as opposed to this condition that he'd had essentially throughout his whole life. Right. I don't know if that really makes sense, but well, like. I think the goal with him hiding his cerebral palsy, um, I think the goal with that was so that he wasn't given special treatment, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Um, so, but we never, we never actually delve into that. No, not yet, anyway. I mean. Yeah. On the show. There are a lot of things that go completely untouched. I know in this show, and it's a little frustrating because I feel like if you're going to bring something up, like let's explore it. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where the extra seven minutes, the extra seven minutes, could have taken care of. That like, what is this settlement? Right, they like, never talk how, about the settlement. So, so the whole thing is, so he he gets hired. He has this awful boss, and mind you, he's getting hired, but not being paid. He did not get hired until the very end exactly. of the series. So he's, you know, hired as an intern is very different. No, he's from, an intern. Yeah, he's an intern. Um, <laughs> you're like, you're completely like. No, but I'm saying like. The pieces have been shuffled for you. <laughs> no, I'm not being shuffled because like I was an intern for a while and I would say I was hired as an intern. You can't get hired as an unpaid intern. As contradictory as all of those words sound. That is that's that's how people end up being unpaid for so long and working for free. Like I will tell you this from my own experience. Are you lying to them? No, 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 no. They will literally tell you you have been hired to be an intern. Like yeah, in a letter. But if you ask, like if you say, "What's your position here?" You'd say, "Oh, I'm an intern." Yeah, exactly. Period. Why? Why the extra language? That's what I'm saying. I was just explaining why I said what I said. Anyway, moving on from that. So. He makes friends with this uh, woman of color named Kim, who's kind of the, the uh, again, like an archetype of like the um, the sassy, like plus Magical side. brown person. E- exactly. Yep. You know, and so, you know, she's it's funny because she says at one point in, 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 in the show where, you know, she's like, um, she's like, yeah, I'm big and brown, but I'm also like fierce and rocking a 448 dollar you know diane von furstenberg dress so that kind of like compensates for all of you know like all that awful part of being like big and brown and a woman and it's just like i i think so it's so like i i had a friend who did the very same thing yeah this one like i like it it's it was really um like i know that person right and it's it's kind of um sucky well, yeah, because I you think, know? again, a thing that is not, it's not explored a lot in the mm-hmm. show, because this character is treated like a sidekick, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's the idea that uh, that she is dressing in all of this fancy stuff to be a safe version of a minority, mm-hmm. essentially. She says it without saying it. Yeah. 
Um, so it's just, it's interesting. And the relationship that Ryan has with Kim, oh, we probably should have said that we were going to spoil this whole thing at the beginning. Fuck. I forgot to do that. Whoops. Um, I mean, listen, if we're talking about the show, you should just like, (laughs) sorry. Whoops. Um, I should, I was, I was in my head. I was like, say that at the beginning, say that at the beginning. And I forgot. Anyway, moving on. Um, so um, the relationship that Kim and Ryan have reminds me of the relationship that Annie and Fran have on mm-hmm. Shrill. Yep. And we we ended up watching, so we watched Special and then Shrill right after. And there was just, even though it wasn't the same narrative, there was something very similar about, you know, how um, both uh, Kim and Fran are doing this like emotional work mm-hmm. for their white friend that just like it it felt like they maybe lived in the same not lived in the same universe but it was almost like um like a similar story it's the same trope right i mean it is it's um like and 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 i think it's just it's kind of a um uh there's always that it's like the you know like creating conflict and then solving it like the the main character is too busy trying to deal with the conflict that they have a large part of creating. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think more so in special than in Shrill, honestly, in, in terms of the conflict in their lives. Yeah. I think Ryan, you know, created a lot of the issue, you know, a lot of the issues that he was facing in terms of like relating to people on the show, he created. It wasn't that case in Shrill. Right. But they have somebody else who's like coming behind them and being like, well, no, go this way and then go that way. And, and right. you know, basically kind of like steering the ship before they crash it into like an iceberg or something. Exactly. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but I, I definitely wanted more of um, of Kim. Of Kim. Yeah. You know, I mean, is it an accident also that like, you know, her posts apparently were like some of the most popular, right. you know, on the on the website? Like, again, it's one of these things where it's like the person who you know, like the person of color or the plus size person or like, you know, whatever, like whatever the, the like, um, you, whatever your like quote unquote abnormality is that makes it like necessary for you to work twice as hard mm-hmm. to get half as far as everybody else. Yeah. You know? Um, but I feel like that's so common at this point. Yeah. You know, and I mean, in, in life and in, in media too. Right. I think that we see it, but I also thought, you know, what was odd was how, you know this whole his his whole like being able to live on his own without act without you know making a salary without <coughs> yikes <clears throat> anyway um yeah without making a salary because he was like living off of this settlement that I guess his mom well no the settlement it seems like because he's we start the show he's living with his mom mm-hmm. and it seems like the money from this settlement which they do not explore. Um, is just being like, it's like sitting in an account somewhere. Yeah. And then um, once Ryan realizes that this internship is sort of going to push him to be a little bit more social and all this stuff, that's when he's like, mom, I have to move out. Mm-hmm. And he mentions, I'm going to be able to pay for it with mm-hmm. the money from my settlement and, you know, and, and that it'll be fine. Um, I just, I, I mean, we've talked about this already with him, but this is like something that should be explored because it almost seems like the, 
the I feel like the settlement maybe has more to do with the accident than it does his cerebral palsy. No, it has to do with his cerebral palsy. But we never find out what it's from. Because his mother said, like, oh, you're going to waste the money that I fought for to, like, you I know, can, she from says, your seat. Because she, he calls it his CP money. Right. But she also says to him, I convinced you that it was worth it for us to sue the hospital. Mm-hmm. So, like... Again, there's things left out because it's like, how long has he had CP? Was exactly. This, you know, so, uh, you know, this may have this may have happened to him when he was, uh, you know, a teenager or like, we don't know. I right. mean, we also haven't read the memoir, but, you know, ap- apparently the memoir is also much more, um, ob- obviously much more in depth than this short show. Right. But there's a lot of like darker stuff and, you know, it's not as... Um, Brief? Plastic. Mm. This show's very convenient, hmm. I think. You know? Does that th- make sense? I think it's it's being... Uh, I mean, obviously, Ryan is a millennial. Mm-hmm. But it's very much being told from that perspective. Yeah. And it's it's like the uh, the dialogue, everything is written from that perspective. Oh, my God. I know. So... Um, but this is how... this is These are p- real people. Mm-hmm. These are real people who exist. Who so. speak in, in acronyms and shortened things it's very yeah odd um Uh, yeah so we then once he moves well once he moves out we basically see him navigating making new friends because he has this group of girls that he was friends with in college and it's it's very clear that they're all flaky and are not at all Mm -hmm. interested in being a support system for him Mm -hmm. um we also see him navigating having sex for the first time meeting other gay men going to parties you know, it it seems like there's a lot of there was a lot of um, emotional and uh, like social stunting that mm-hmm. happened um, for him. Yeah, you know. Well, and I, and I think both for him and his his mom, like you know, she like whenever this happened to him, or you know, like she's single mom because that that we do know that like basically you know since the moment she got pregnant she had not seen his his dad. Well, but we don't get any exploration of Until, that either. No, what, exactly. We just, she says, "Oh, I lost his number about twenty years ago." Twenty three years ago. Sure, whatever. Um. Well, I mean that's important because like he's obviously like just graduated college, maybe like one or two years before this as well okay so it's like i'm just saying all we get is lost his number about 20 years ago yeah. we don't get they were were they married yeah we don't were know they in love like what like there is no backstory when it comes mm-hmm. to ryan's father and it makes it a bit confusing but i like it, it anyway the, the my point is that like he moves out but and and as somebody who moved out of their parents house in their in their 20s it's like you, you there there has to be kind of like a, a discussion a weaning period for both for both like you and your parents if it was a little codependent you know because it's almost like she didn't know what to do with herself because he wasn't there and he didn't realize that he was relying on her as much as he was for everything you know and so yeah and 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 there's obviously resentment that's explored later you know later on that it's like Oh, like we should have talked about all of this before this change occurred because they were both emotionally stunted because they emotionally stunted each other. Right. You know, and it's um, it's weird. It's it's almost like Ryan and his mom were like these best friends that were like mm-hmm. mean girls because yep. the way they talk about. So we also explore the mother uh, 
I guess like enjoying the freedom that she gets when her mm-hmm. son moves out and um and her actual her having a um a relationship mm-hmm. for the first time um post you know Ryan's dad yeah. basically um and I also I I mean I really I came away from the second viewing not that I liked Ryan I was I was basically the first time around I was rooting for the mom and I was rooting for Kim mm-hmm. um but um I really came away from it being like, wow, Ryan is a really bad person. Um, Because he says some like reckless shit to his mother. At one point, um, he says something like, uh, when uh, his mom talks about maybe uh, starting a new relationship Mm -hmm. with someone, he says something along the lines of like, you're sewed up your vagina and called it a day. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. what? Why would you ever say that to anyone, much less your mother? Like, liberties. What? It just, it shows how, to me, it shows how little consideration he has Mm -hmm. for her. And this seems to be a theme in her life because she spends the majority of the beginning of the, like the first half of the show, taking care of Ryan and then also taking care of her own mother. And in both cases, these people are taking advantage of this Mm -hmm. woman and not enjoying, not necessarily enjoying her company. They're enjoying her service and nothing else. Yeah. So, um... But then there's this guy who this like dreamy older man who moves in mm-hmm. next door and they're sort of like wa- like she's watching him from a very obvious perspective because mm-hmm. as soon as I saw her like staring out her blinds I'm like I know why you're looking at him. Yeah, like how dirty can your windows be? Exactly. Like he like he says to like her when, when he, he came over and knocked on the door he's like so you've been cleaning your windows every day this week. Yeah. Like I thought that was really cute. I kind of enjoyed the brazenness of the way that he broke that ice. Mhm. But it was also a little creepy when you think about it. Yeah, but like it's kind of creepy knowing that you're being watched <laughs> at the well, but, same time. So like Well, but my reaction to being watched would be I would go the fucking side. Mhm. You know? Yeah. But I guess he got tired of it and was like, "All right, well, I'm going to but it, I don't know. It it sort of feels like unnecessary in a way. But anyway. yeah, but I, that was like one of my favorite parts because he called her on her like on her, um, you know, Mrs. Kravitz behavior. Yes, but I don't know. There's something toxic about some of these little like meat cutes that happen in these like romantic. Oh my God, things. I forgot the meat cute. Yes, <sighs> and that felt toxic to me. Well, but I mean, anyway. Um, but I think like going back to what you were saying, because the word asshole is used quite a bit when they're referencing Ryan in the show toward like, toward like the middle, like, or, you know, like three quarters in. And I, I, I think that what, what I really got from this is like, just because you're like, and, and I think it's part of his growing process too, but it wasn't explored either. Was that like, he had to be pushed to a point where he realized that his behavior was unacceptable. Right. Also, because it really was. And, you know, like when his boss um, sets him up on a date with her cousin. There you go. Who happens to be deaf. And he gets all annoyed because, you know, like, you know, he could do he could do better. He than, says to her. Yeah. He, like, he I, I could do better, I do better than, than a deaf, than a deaf guy. guy. Yeah. And she and this is the one thing where I was like, oh, Okay, you're you're like a vile boss, but you like know what time it is. When she's like, "Well, this is your eternalized, inter, eternalized, internalized um, ableism." Yeah, you know, like your own self loathing. And he was like, oh, "How dare you?" You know, and she's like, "No, like you are, <laughs> like yeah. you're ableist, like absolutely." You know, um, and we see him googling mm-hmm. that when his mom facetimes him later in the yeah. episode, which I thought was interesting. Just because you're 
marginalized in some way, right? Be it because of a, a, a condition you have or, you know, like your, your gender identity, sexuality, race, whatever it is that, you know, that has made you marginalized doesn't mean that you can't be, um, I guess, like hateful toward other people who are also marginalized. Like it is possible. Yeah. You know, or even yourself or even yourself, you know, that self-loathing. It's a very real thing. Because I think that that her pointing that out to him, that was what like flicked the switch for Mm -hmm. him where he's like, I have to stop lying about my cerebral palsy. Yep. And then it happens, basically. Mm -hmm. And that's how the the show ends. Um, But uh, I don't know. I just. It, it, I'm getting back to the mother for like a split second. I think it's interesting. There's this really cute, I thought it was a cute moment in like a lot of the toxic elements of this relationship. Cause the, the way it's presented to me feels a little toxic, even though it seems to me like the mother is taking back her power Ooh. in this relationship. You know, like the, the moment when she comes over in that green dress and she's like, I want you to kiss me. And she's like, not up here. And she just raises her and skirt. And she just raises her skirt. Ah! I was like, work, mom. Work, mom. That was <laughs> like amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Do it. Um, but um, there's this really sweet moment when, so she finds a joint in his pocket and then like saves it and then they get high later and she's freaking out because she <laughs> the paranoia has set in so the guy next door makes her a, a grilled cheese and she is eating it and she starts crying because no one has ever like she's eating the sandwich and she's like no one has made me a grilled cheese ever and it's like to me i was like this is you you finally having someone there mm-hmm. to take care of your needs yeah. for a change it was the weight being lifted yeah for a minute yeah and it like broke her down it was quick but mm-hmm. it was to me it was like yeah I, I i'm picking everything up well so small acts yeah you know tiny like tiny acts of consideration yeah i think you know speak volumes yeah and also so then the dinner gestures. at the very end of the of the show when she asks him very very specifically you live next to this pa- this pastry shop and i love this type of cake Pick that cake up for me for my birthday. My birthday is the day after tomorrow. Pick it up from there and then come over. And he forgets about the cake and he forgets about the dinner. And her completely. Well, him forgetting her age is not really important, but he seems to want to like share all of these details. You know what I mean? Like there was no reason Mm -hmm. why you needed to say to your mom, you're a 49 year old woman. Like we didn't need that. We didn't need that at all. She knows her age. You, You understand. You should understand at this point mm-hmm. that because like that was the other thing that i had issue with is that um as much as much as he was able to say all of these reckless things throughout the entire series mm-hmm. there were these tiny moments like when he and his mother are out having lunch mm-hmm. and the neighbor shows up at the same restaurant and comes over and like sits with them basically and then she ends up having to tell ryan that this is actually her boyfriend and that you're actually wearing his jacket Mm -hmm. he loses it completely and is like oh my god you lied to me and it's like this isn't this isn't that big of a deal like sure get upset but it's not so much that you need to make such a production out of it and like storm out of the restaurant Mm -hmm. it's just but when you're emotionally stunted but how emotionally stunted are you that you can do that in that scenario, but then 
I forget what the other th- it was. There were so many things that he did that I'm like, you can't you you can't do this one then, thing over but, here and also but, do this thing over then, here. It doesn't but, make sense. But then navigate basically being the third in an open relationship because that was the thing that was very complicated. Okay, but that, he was doing it again, not explored that he was a third in an open relationship. But that's what I got from it. But he was navigating that, and that I think is is much more complicated he was navigating it i think from a a perspective of like pining after this guy yeah like i'm gonna get him in the end right alone right but he was still navigating it do you know what i mean and And that's like that's a very real situation mm -hmm. you know i think the thing with his mother i mean not to go too much into it is that like he overreacted but then instead of her like talking about it with her boyfriend and instead of saying like oh because you know the boyfriend then says like i think he was just being an asshole like all three of you are adults like this is not a 10 year old like it's not that offensive that he called this 23 year old an asshole right like you could have never she could have navigated that with him and ryan didn't want her to break up with him but if they had had a conversation about it she would have Mm -hmm. known that exactly but they don't talk about those things right i mean I feel like that relationship between them is not uncommon, unfortunately. Right. You know, it's a, a very codependent um, mother-son relationship, you know, parent-child relationship. Also, you know, like single parents. You know what I mean? It's um, yeah. it's it's common. Yeah. You know, she wants to be his best friend. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And those and boundaries are not there. Yeah. The, you need clear boundaries with your kid. I mean, it's I'm not a parent, but I I imagine you would need clear boundaries with your mm-hmm. kids. Um. And it's it's weird because the way that everything unfolded after Ryan meets the neighbor who I fucking wish I wrote his name down because I don't have it Phil? anywhere. Sure. Phil. After Ryan meets Phil. Cliff? No, I think his name is Phil. I'm pretty sure his name is Phil. Phil or Um, After he meets him and everything sort of unfolds. You, see, you made me lose my fucking train of, train of thought thinking about his name. Um. After everything unfolds the way it does, I felt like all of the actions that came after that were completely unnecessary. And I don't know. It just like, I don't know. It just, it it didn't, it didn't end the way. I wanted the mom to be at least like happy and having fun in this new relationship she had where she is finally able to do something for herself that she likes. Yeah. And she couldn't do that. mm you know, like the the show ends with them having a fight and him storming out mm-hmm. with, with Ryan storm, storming out. And the mother is then left alone on her birthday with this terrible cake that he got from a grocery store, even though she was very specific with what she needed. She wanted a triple berry cake. That is all she wanted. That's all she wanted. She even gave him the name of the, the fucking... name of the cake. And he went and, and, and the thing is, it shows you how emotionally stunted he was, because um, when Olivia presents him with the cake of <laughs> where he has been hit by the car and Kim is like, don't touch that cake. That's from the trash grocery store. Like that's not even the good grocery store cake. You know, he takes that as like, Oh, like, you know, I can bring my mom a cake from the grocery store. Cause like that's trashy in like a fun way. Cause he even says that he's like, it's fun, you know, like trashy, but like grocery store trashy. That to me was full on like a spin doctor. Oh, absolutely. That was the grocery but store that was I, open and you yeah. want to spin and, it. And, and, and they didn't even have the four and the nine candles in the same size. Exactly. Like these are the details. And that was the, the reason I pointed out that like he didn't even remember her age because I feel like not particular to this relationship, but like how many kids 
don't know how old their parents are. Right here. Because their don't parents, know how old my parents their are. Their parents are service providers. They're always there. Right. They are. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, you celebrate their birthday, but it's more important to celebrate your birthday. You know? Accurate. And so, and, and, and that is what... Um, I don't know how old my parents are, but I know what year each of them was born. So if I needed you do the math. to figure it out, I can do the math. Yeah, we couldn't get away with that growing up. We celebrated all four of our birthdays, like, equally. Right. That's true. But, like, I live in a different state mm-hmm. than my parents right now. And oh. I don't... Oh, I meant growing up is what I'm saying. Like, it seemed like... Of course, growing you know, up, we did the exact... Yeah. Like, oh. Yeah, okay, we did right. that as well. I'm yeah. saying today, mm-hmm. I could not tell you. I know what age bracket my parents mm-hmm. might be in, but I don't know their exact... I would have to do the math. Yeah. But where I asked their age, I wouldn't just throw out a number. Mm-hmm. I would do the math and then come back to you later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that's interesting. There's also a really... I thought it was very sweet, even though... It was sort of awkward and like a little odd. Um, it, it actually wasn't that odd. It was only odd for, I think it was only odd for maybe Ryan. But the moment where he decides to lose his virginity to a sex worker and the sex worker is just like it, it very, I don't know if in tune with him is the right word or just like a very, um, like a calming presence mm-hmm. and like, you know, in my opinion, a good investment. Like to well, me, I was like, "This is a great. It's this it, is a great PSA for you know losing your virginity to mm-hmm. someone who is going to be um, receptive to yeah. your needs and everything." Well, it was like that know? movie Sessions. Yes, like that. Is it Helen Hunt? Right, I think was in that movie. Sure. Anyway, that <laughs> like again, no explanation. But when he was telling him, you know, like God, that that's what that movie was about. Yeah, good movie. And that's what I thought of because the. Uh, the sex worker Shay was a sex worker's name. He was at one point, you know, like I've I've had a lot of clients who have CP who aren't as limber as you, and it's like right. so he. Th- th- this is kind of like making intimacy easier, and and you know, kind of navigating it in a safe space as opposed to just like a hookup or something. You know, you're not hiring a. You know, you're hiring essentially kind of like a like a, a physical sex therapist, I guess. I don't really know the, the proper term, but um, I thought that was also really important that they showed that because yeah. it it destigmatizes sex work to a certain extent. It shows that there's also a level of utility um, that I don't think people often really think about Yeah, when it comes to sex work. Like, everybody likes sex, or, you know, most people do, and so... And and for some people it's hard, and I think that um, that you know the media has taught us that when someone has uh, you know like a movement disorder, for example, like cerebral mm-hmm. excuse me, like cerebral palsy, um, they they're not we're we're not supposed to like be led into the world where they're thinking about sexual mm-hmm. acts. So I thought it was super important to see this moment. I also thought that it was really interesting that um shay didn't get offended when ryan said i'm totally gonna have sex for free after this just so you know it's like Mm -hmm. again reckless Mm -hmm. just like reckless because i'm sort of wonder like i don't know much about cerebral palsy but i'm wondering how much of that has affected what he says because i don't think the two have anything to do with each other but it's almost like 
he has allowed it to be okay for him to just say reckless shit. Mm-hmm. And I think that might come from his mother enabling him. You well, know? I mean, and you know, he says that there's like one moment where he's like, yeah, I say all these things because I'm like emotionally stunted. He does not know. So he's self-aware. He is. I th- He knows. It's just like he's fighting against it, but he's letting it win. So like he wants to be like chic and adult because those are also words that are used a lot. You know what I mean? It's almost like he's like, you know, thumbing through the pages of like Seventeen magazine and Cosmopolitan, which are, you know, like light years apart. Yeah. But the inter, you know, like that's also a terrible example. But, you know, it's it's like he's 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 reading out of a teenage magazine and a very adult magazine. Right. And not anything in between. Right. You know, and, and that's what I'm saying. Like he he goes from living with his mom and essentially like being sheltered and 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 in this world where like they have a very programmed life mm-hmm. you know saturdays are for this this day is for macaroni grill blah 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 you know and then it's like oh i need to figure out you know furniture has to be put together oh i clogged my toilet call mom you know like all these things yeah. where it's like at a certain point you don't have access to that shit anymore right you know and right. and that's where it's like the the break happened i mean i don't think there's any proper way to create these kind of you know severing these ties but mm-hmm. it, it i i think that that caused more conflict that needed to be dealt with yeah you know um yeah, and, he, and the, he didn't have the tools at first. At the end of the day, the relationship he had with his mother was not enabling him to be a self-sufficient mm-hmm. adult. Yeah. Especially with a so. mild, mild case. Yeah. Of CP. Yeah. You know? Um, well, my takeaway from the second... I mean, I think the, the takeaway in general of the show is that people with movement disorders can also be assholes. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I feel like once again, uh, you know, media has taught us to look at these look at these people as like brave and um, and heroes, and mm-hmm. it's like they can just be you know like they can just be like your yeah. average everyday person with you know a movement disorder. Mm-hmm. That's it's the side dish. Yeah, exactly. And, and I love that comparison. Yeah, or that uh, that analogy. You know. Yeah. So. Um. Well. Uh. If you have nothing else to add. No. Um, I mean, I hope I hope there's a second season of it, and I'm looking forward to reading or listening to the book mm. because I feel like um, it will explain a lot more, mm-hmm. you know. But I think I think this is a very important show in many ways, um, and I hope that it continues, right? Because I think it, it's putting a, a very uh, a face on something that yeah. I think a lot of people don't discuss. So yeah, I hope we get a second season that has more of Kim. Um, either some kind of reconciliation with the neighbor and or 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 the mom having another relationship that's like healthy and like Mm -hmm. one where she is in control and happy Mm -hmm. Um, and also number three if we can get some like less uh insufferable uh like is it called anterior characters ancillary 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 um Anyway, the 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 fucking <laughs> the gay men that are at that poker table were just we're all from oh. the nineties, like literally, like it it's like they all like sprung from the nineties. <gasps> they were awful, mm-hmm. just awful. Get rid of all of them, mm-hmm. new cast altogether, please. New writer for that moment. That moment was terrible. It felt like Ryan before he came out about his CP at his job was writing the lines for those mm-hmm. people, which maybe that's what happened. Who knows? I don't know. Um, so we're going to take a break and then we'll be right back. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Warby Parker, an eye care brand that offers chic and modern eyewear at a revolutionary price. Simply put, your glasses shouldn't cost as much as the iPhone X. Warby Parker's prescription glasses start at $95. And they do sunglasses too. Buying glasses should be easy and risk-free, girl. Warby Parker's home try-on program lets you fall in love with your glasses in the comfort of your own home. You can choose up to five frames from hundreds of stylish options and have them shipped directly to you for free. That way, you can try all the frames and pick your favorite. And for every pair of glasses sold, Warby Parker distributes a pair of glasses to someone in need. Daniel wears Warby Parker and now he can actually see me. And I'm considering a divorce. Hey! So to get started, head over over to warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Again, that's warbyparkertrial.com slash kiki. Warby Parker, modern eyewear made simple. Thanks a lot. We're back. And this week, it's my turn to do Keto Corner. So I kind of cheated and did my test results earlier in the episode. So we're not going to talk about that again. Um, But I just want to reiterate, I think we said this on the last episode, but it was just very... Very life-changing for me. Um, Super fine almond flour is a motherfucking game changer. It's amazing. It is. um, We So the cheesecake that we made for our anniversary, we had made that recipe before. And we had used um, the regular, like, I guess, unrefined almond flour. It was like regular ground. Yeah. You know? Um, It's like... I want to say it's the one that if you like, if you try to order it from Amazon, it's like the first one that comes up. It's like Anthony's brand, I think it's called. Sure. Yeah. Um, but it has a lot of like, um, I feel like it has a lot of the almond skin in. It's more coarse, right. basically. Right. Yeah. Um, whereas the super fine almond flour, it looks more like, um, it looks like cornmeal almost, right? Fine. It's finer than cornmeal. Well, it, it's... um. I meant in color, like oh yeah, yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. Whereas the 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 almond flour we we were using before, which like we've made cookies with it and cakes mm-hmm. and um, all kinds of stuff, uh, there was just there was something really gritty about the taste, and the super fine almond flour co- completely gets rid of that. Once again, Daniel made these amazing oh the donuts, donuts. or muffins. <laughs> they were like muffins. They were more like yeah. muffins, but yeah, they were we so good. Thing. Yeah. They were amazing. They did not, to me, they did not taste like keto food. Mm-hmm. You get the fluffy, like the fluffiness that you get from using, I mean. They were, the, they, were they had the little holes yeah, in Yeah, the them. little holes that you would get. Yeah. I mean, you need to use a lot, I, I find that you need to use a lot more baking powder, baking soda, depending on the recipe. Yeah. With like keto foods and baking because mm-hmm. you're not activating gluten, you know, which kind of makes things poof and, 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 and create the like... You know, those, those like, little networks and yeah. things. But this super fine almond flour is such a game changer. Absolutely. Like Robert said, it just, it really. Um, well, when I made this yeah. cheesecake, uh, the, the crust has almond flour in it. And the crust was a lot more like, um, it it had the texture of uh, like a quiche, like a pie crust. Yeah. It had more of a mm-hmm. pie crust texture. It held together better too. Yeah. Because Whereas, it's so fine. Whereas when we made it with the other type of almond flour, it looked more like mm, it looked like flaxseed almost in a way. Yes, and it's it wasn't bad, but the mm-hmm. taste was not great. And I don't know what your recipe called for because I haven't seen the recipe yet. But 
I find that the recipes I've made that have called for super fine almond flour don't require coconut flour, which mm. makes me really happy because yeah. I don't care for coconut flour mm-hmm. per se. It's just like it imparts a taste. I can t- it, like I not only a taste, I can feel like I, I can, you can uh, taste the, the, the particles. The, the, it, you know, it's like I put shaved coconut in everything. And yep. like, I don't I don't care for that. Right. In that experience. So I like that I can create a lighter baked good using the super fine almond flour. And I swear it changes the taste of the erythritol because I don't taste like that weird cool cooling effect. I, I, I don't know what it is. Something about it integrates better and makes the baked goods more delicious. Ooh, and nice little cooking hack for those ketoers out there. Um, I, f- for the filling of the um of the cheesecake you're supposed to use a granulated sweetener and i replaced it with sugar-free uh maple syrup and so that with just having the so erythritol has this like cooling sensation that you get when you when you eat it when it's in baked goods um and so to sort of avoid that a little bit um, we only put it in the crust, and then in the actual filling, mm-hmm. I replaced it with the syrup. So, um, and I kind of do it like one for one. Mm-hmm. But you can actually, when you're making something like a cheesecake, you can taste the filling beforehand to make sure that it's sweet enough and all that yeah. stuff. Um, but uh, I found that it has a more cheesecake-like taste mm-hmm. when you're not using. I mean, I, we haven't tried it with the erythritol, so um, could be yeah. could be bullshitting and you right now. The maple now, flavor is not overpowering because, like. These sugar-free maple syrups or like breakfast syrups or whatever, um, they're, they don't have as strong a flavor. Right. You know, and I feel like when you bake with them, it, it like dissipates quite a bit. So it's, mm. it's a hint of maple, which is quite nice. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a nice um, like holiday flavor. Like yeah. every every time we have cheesecake, it's a holiday. It's quite nice. Mm-hmm. I like it. That's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on. It's time for I'm So Excited. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! Me siento muy excited! <laughs> so this week on I'm So Excited. Oh, I am really excited about this week's I'm uh, So Excited. Are you? <laughs> I am. I am right. Yuck, yuck. Um, so this week we are excited about the documentary State of the Art, which uh, just came out on PBS this week past i think friday yeah or april 26th i think yes. is when it came out um it's available to stream for free on the pbs app and also on reruns on pbs now what's so important about state of the art is not only that one of the people featured in it is our friend favi fav from Yay! latinos who lunch otherwise known as the artist justin favela who creates these again wonderful uh, tissue paper murals and um sculptures you know that that reflect his his um his his uh god almighty his mexican heritage and 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 growing up in in nevada and 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 all of that yes it's that the documentary focuses on the 2013 exhibition at the crystal bridges museum of american art in arkansas that was called state of the art and so what they did was or the, the curatorial team was that they went all over the country to places where like you know that weren't considered art centers or centers of artistic production to find artists who were being underrepresented uh, uh, underrepresented. underrepresented either um 
ethnically, you know, like based on their materials, their level of training, um, background, you know, so basically trying to present what the state of art was, like the actual state of art at the time. And so it, uh, the documentary, which is, like I said, state of the arts named as, you know, has the same name as the exhibition, um, features seven of the artists that were, um, in the exhibit because there were about 227 works in the show. So I think they picked seven of the most interesting Hmm. artists. Um, but they spent about a hundred days traveling around the country to find these artists, which I think is really interesting. Um, and the people profiled range uh, from this this man who creates marble sculptures that represent everyday items like sewing machines and takeout boxes, but be- you know beautiful kind of like trompe sculptures in a way. To um, <clears throat> excuse me, to a woman who explores um, you know the oppression of African Americans through her sculptures. There's another woman who is. Mexican and Vietnamese, but grew up without any of her her heritage being imparted on her. So she's exploring that through through these works. I mean, it it is it's fascinating, you know, to to like see what this museum also like like is is in Arkansas, you know, like it it is it's not in New York, it's not in L.A. It it it, it is kind of smack dab in the middle of the country, but they're doing something quite progressive. And isn't it also funded by Sam Walton? It no, it is by um the the museum I'm talking about. Yeah, the museum. No, not by because Sam Walton's not alive. It is. I think it was founded by the like the matriarch of the Walmart family. Okay, so I believe. But the the interesting thing is that but as the conser- Walton family exactly as conservative as as like the Waltons and the Walmart brand is the Crystal Bridges Museum of American Art is not actually that conservative which is why they chose to to explore this you know or at least right. a curatorial team i pointed that out because walmart is also oppressive mm-hmm. in its uh in its uh practices with their employees yeah and so here you have an institution that is being funded by the people mm-hmm. who run walmart and they're using their privilege to uplift these these artists around the country that are underrepresented and for the lar- a large part people of color. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, and, and, and what I think is, is important about like the point that you're making is that like this happens across, across the board in a lot of cultural institutions, you know, uh, at the head of a lot of these institutions, the founders and all that can be quite conservative. Right. But it's really up to the staff of these institutions like like they're the ones who create this you know these groundbreaking exhibitions and programming and and really make sure that like the the quote-unquote mission that these institutions were founded under are actually fulfilled right you know and and that's what was done with this show right um i i really enjoyed it i think it's terribly important to watch um and i'm really excited because at the end of it they talk about how they're planning another iteration of this exhibit for 2020 yeah so that you know this is coming out kind of a year before they're planning to open you know to 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 mount another exhibition that then explores this again with a new set of artists right so right yeah um well uh, we also got an update from our listener, Astro. Yeah. Um, so Astro wrote in 
uh, a few months ago, I want to say at this point, about uh, his boyfriend. They were, it was like a new relationship. Mm -hmm. And so Astro was really, um, like his apartment was like meticulously cleaned. And it just, it was, for him, it was like a self-care thing. Mm Mm-hmm where he wanted his apartment to be very, very clean. and um, But it was also very small. So he and his boyfriend would spend time at his boyfriend's apartment because, or at his boyfriend's home. What? Yeah, yeah um, I mean, uh, something like that. Because his boyfriend had more room, mm-hmm. and but he also was living with roommates, and they weren't living in the the le- they weren't mm-hmm. living in the level of cleanliness yeah. that made Astro feel comfortable. Yeah. And then the roommates left; it was still dirty. So what was right. the excuse then? There was still cat hair everywhere. And so Astro, who really liked this guy, um, who also happened to be ten years old, uh, younger than Astro, so there was that kind of. Um, conflict going on there um he was having a hard time figuring out how to you know broach the issue of cleanliness with his boyfriend so we gave him some advice and he wrote us back this past week saying that things have been going great with him and his boyfriend because he you know dropped subtle hints and kind of worked within um his boyfriend's kind of um I guess limits in terms of like how he was basically letting him work on his own timeline. Yeah. To to do things. So he was like, Hey, like look at look at Marie Kondo. Like, isn't this an interesting show? And then his boyfriend cleaned everything up in a day. That's like wow. Organized his closets, pushed his dresser into the into the um uh what's it into into the closet, which I still don't get why they do that on Marie Kondo, but that's a whole other thing. Like a dresser in your closet is a big thing on that's that show. That's not a thing. On it's that just, show it is. I've never seen it anywhere else. Just but, a coincidence. Yeah. I promise you it's just a coincidence. Um but yeah, and so Astro's Astro and his boyfriend are very happy and Astro feels um much better because mm-hmm. You know, like he he's navigating his relationship with his boyfriend without yes. kind of, um, I guess, being more heavy handed. Yeah. Than he should. Right. So I, I would like we're just so happy to hear this. Yeah. So congratulations. We're happy it worked out for you. Yeah. And see, we can give good advice. So if yeah. you need advice, <laughs> send us an email. I mean, we've managed to keep it working for seven years now. So that's true. That's quite a feat. Yeah. Um, well, we are Grizzly Kiki on everything. That means Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So be sure to follow us there. And you can send your questions to grizzlykiki at gmail.com. And maybe we'll read yours on the air. And don't forget to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. So until next time. Bye. bye.